So you're gonna, you have to stick with me just a little bit here on this one, but I was doing some research and I was on the internet and I, I typed in something, um, and this, this is names, names. So men's names and women's names. Um, the men's names, the, the website was something like uh, uh, 30 masculine names. This one, the website was just the, uh, it was the, the article I was reading. 30 masculine names that make our hearts skip a beat, ladies. So here you go. Um, 30 masculine names that make our hearts skip a beat. I, here's 10 of them, 10 of them. Hunter, Wyatt, Ethan, Owen, Gunner, Austin, Zeke, Corbin, Brock, Griffin. Those 10, okay. So 10 uh, masculine names that, that will make your hearts skip a beat. Okay, now we also went with, uh, then I went to like the women's names and it was something like uh, the most beautiful women's names of all time or something like that. I'm only getting, guys, I'm only giving you five of these, okay? And so we have, uh, we have Finley, Ella, Victoria, Naomi, and Violet. So those five. Now what I want you to do, young men, I want you to choose one of those names, okay? And now with that name, I want you to envision the, the, the woman of your dreams, all right? And, um, and, and young ladies, I want you to choose one of those names, whether it's Hunter or Wyatt or Ethan or Brock or Griffin or whatever. And, and you, that's the, the man of your dreams. That, that's his name, okay? You choose, whichever, you choose whichever one of those you want. But now that you're thinking of your Wyatt or your Brock or your Gunner, um, I want you to, to imagine this scenario that's playing out where, where he's asked you out on a date. And uh, he, I mean, it was so romantic the way he asked you out on the date. And then, and then the way he treated you on that date, incredibly, incredibly romantic. He, he opened the door for you. He, he bought you flowers. All of the things that this perfect boyfriend uh, would ever do. He's done these things for you, right? Now, the, the relationship keeps advancing. You continue dating. He continues just to be just so incredible. And, and men, you can do the same thing with the, this lady of your dreams, whether it's Finley or Ella or Violet or whatever. And she's just perfect, perfect, perfect. And the love between you, also perfect, perfect. Just so incredible, so incredible. Now, now he, he drops to his knee. And, and there's Corbin or Owen or whoever. He's on his knee. And he proposes to you, and, and everything is, is, is progressing so wonderfully. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and then the night before your wedding, the night before your wedding, you find out that all along, he was forced to love you. All along, whether it be his parents or, I don't know, the government or whoever, um, he'd been forced all along. He had been forced to love you, or vice versa, gentlemen, the, this young lady, she had been forced to love you. How does that make you feel? How does it make you feel? I mean, everything was perfect. Everything had always been perfect. He, he continues to open the doors for you. He continues to buy flowers. He continues to say all of the right things. But how do you feel once you find out that he was forced to love you. Doesn't set very well, does it? Doesn't set well at all. Why? Because, because we know, we know that if a love is a true love, it has to be freely given. It has to be freely given or you can't label it as love. 
What's this all about? What am I talking about? Well, a lot of times in life, we will ask the questions about God, such as, if he's so good, why does he allow bad things to happen? Why is it that evil exists? Why is it that that people will be sinful? Why is it that people sin? And why does he allow that to happen if he's so good? And I think that that little illustration that I started the homily with, it points to something that we need to be very clear, have very clear in our minds. We we have have to understand that God created us out of love and for love. He created us out of love and for love with love being that highest good, the highest good, union, relationship, love. But listen, If God would have removed all of these other components, which would have then said, okay, well, the idea of not loving is taken off the table, then all of a sudden, this love that we would be experiencing or giving wouldn't be a free choice. It wouldn't be freely given. And it wouldn't be real love. God created us by giving us the freedom to love or not. To choose Him or not. To choose others or not. And because He has given us that freedom, Many times we have seen that people do not choose to love, but rather they choose evil. They do not choose God, they choose against God. And it has been this way from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And even here in today's first reading, we see those words that say, Brothers and sisters, if you choose... You can keep the commandments, and they will save you. If you trust in God, you too shall live. But it's your choice. It won't force you. He has set before you fire and water, to whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. Before man our life and death, good and evil. And whichever he chooses shall be given him. God created us in such a way that he gave us the ability to choose so that we can experience and know true love. But he doesn't force us into that choice. Wow. Wow. These past couple days, I've been in Wichita at the KCCSC, Kansas Catholic College Student Convention, I think is what it stands for. And there were some incredible talks by some incredible speakers. And, and yesterday afternoon, there was a young man that was giving this passionate speech about this very thing, about, about whether or not we're going to choose God in our lifetime or if we are going to choose ourselves, if we're going to choose against God. 
And he says, and listen, the, the, the consequences of this is heaven and hell. And people don't talk about that enough anymore. And then he's continued going on. And he continued getting excited and, and talking about why we must choose God. And he says, but it's not just about your eternal consequences. It's not just about heaven and hell. It's about life here and now. God didn't just create you so that when you die, you can be with him in heaven or not. He created you so that you could have life even here on earth. But do you choose it? Do you choose the abundant life? And how do you choose the abundant life if, in fact, that is what you desire? How does, how does that come about? What does that look like? Let's talk about something tangible here. How does that work? Well, I'll tell you the answer. It works, it works little by little. It works little by little. Probably the most common advice that I give in the confessional is this. After somebody comes in and they confess, and they say, I want to turn it around. I want to start living a life, a better life. And then I say, well, make the little decisions well. Make the little decisions well. Fight temptation when it comes. Even the little, small temptations, fight them. And little by little, you become a virtuous person person. That's what a virtue is. It's just simply the habit of doing the right thing. But if little by little you continue to choose the wrong thing, guess what? You become somebody who's filled with vice. Vice is the habit of doing the wrong thing. You know what you call somebody who's filled with vice, who habitually chooses the wrong thing? You call them vicious. Well, nobody wants to be called vicious. So make the small choice as well. And little by little you become the person that God has created you to be. That's today's gospel. He's saying, yeah, well, we know that it says don't murder people, don't commit adultery. But he says, don't even harbor anger in your heart, little by little. Avoid the temptation to be angry, little by little. Avoid the temptation to lust. Then you don't need to worry about things like adultery or murder if you fight against the, the temptations in the smallest ways. But also you learn to love in the smallest ways as well. So many times recently, I keep hearing about people saying how much they feel heard or listened to or seen whenever somebody will take their phone and simply put it behind them, put it away, and just engage with that person, little by little, choosing love. And that's what we're called to do as followers of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Here in, in not too many more days begins the season of Lent. And what is it that we do for Lent? Well, we hopefully embrace more prayer and fasting and almsgiving, but also we generally try to give something up. Why do we do that? Because little by little, we become better. We become something more, something greater than we ever thought that we could become. And maybe you give up something that's going to be a temptation many times during Lent. But guess what? Every time you're training yourself to make the little decisions well. And that's the goal. If we're truly going to know love, if we're going to love, if we're going to give it, if we're going to receive it, well, we do it on a daily basis, really moment by moment. And so this day, let us begin to choose to love. Let us begin to choose against sin. Let us begin to choose God. And let us begin to choose the abundant life.